0: Hi, this is Lilia with the Help Yourself podcast. And today I'm very excited to have Dr. Patrick Vickers from the Gerson um, Clinic in Mexico. Um, He is the founder and director there. And I've had the absolute pleasure of meeting Patrick and seeing him in a kilt when he came to Scotland. And came and taught our community for a day, telling us all about the wonderful, incredible benefits of the Gerson therapy that a lot of people still have not heard about. So thank you, first of all, Patrick, for coming on. I really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's nice to see you again. And um, we'll catch up and see what what we have to offer.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, Let's just talk about the Gerson therapy and how you um, came to it. Um, because I know your, your journey started off in a, in a medical way, didn't it?
1: Yeah. I just want to remind your, your viewers and listeners that I am Scottish by, by birth, right? Oh, really? Like, I
0: can't that.
1: <laughs> yeah, my great-grandfather was born in Glasgow. That's where he was born and raised. Ah. And so I just want to remind your listeners, and Vickers, <laughs> Vickers, is, Vickers is Scottish. So oh, anyway... Um, Yeah, your question was, uh, how did I get started with the Gerson therapy and my background, right? Yeah, so I wanted to be a chiropractor ever since I was 11 years old. Uh, A friend of our family's was a chiropractor and he was staying at our home for the weekend. And his five-year-old son was sleeping in my room with me one night when he woke up with a cough that wouldn't stop and he just kept coughing. And finally, it's like three in the morning, finally his father heard him came upstairs, lied him on the end of my bed and adjusted his neck, adjusted his vertebrae both ways and both sides of the neck. And he stopped coughing immediately. I mean, he stopped coughing dead in his tracks and he didn't cough the rest of the night. So I was 11 years old and I was in shock. And I said, that's what I'm gonna do. And so here I am a year away from graduating chiropractic school around the age of 30, when a woman by the name of Charlotte Gerson, actually 27, 28, Uh, when a woman by the name of Charlotte Gerson came and spoke at my school. And she started talking about her father and how her father was reversing virtually every single degenerative disease, but most notably terminal cancer. And I was shocked, but I knew instinctively that it was true because as a chiropractor, you understand what the body's capable of, but never did I imagine that the human body was capable of reversing advanced diseases, including terminal cancer. And so when she opened her mouth, I said, that's what I'm gonna do. And I was a year away from graduating what I wanted to do my whole life. And so I graduated from chiropractic school and I was so passionate about the Gerson therapy that Charlotte Gerson actually invited me to come live with her in San Diego where she had all her father's handwritten files of all his patients from 1910 to 1959 and for those who haven't heard about dr gerson nobel peace prize winner dr albert schweitzer called him the greatest genius in medical history and so i have the fortune of being one of only a handful of people who've ever gone through dr gerson's handwritten files and so that's really where you know my passion for the therapy was born my passion for natural medicine and you know To this day, Gerson remains, you know, the most censored doctor in the history of medicine and his therapy, the most renowned for its ability to reverse advanced terminal cancer. There's no mistake that eight movies have chronicled our work. No other therapy's gotten that kind of recognition. Not even close. I mean, really not even close. So, you know, so that's where we stand in terms of the Gerson therapy. Yeah, I know it's so exciting, but for people
0: listening to this who have never heard of it, can you just briefly explain how Max Gerson, he was a medical doctor and how he actually, it was almost by accident, wasn't it really, that he was just so desperate to get away from his own uh, headaches and pain?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. The way he discovered his therapy ultimately was when he was in college back in 1900 at the University of Freiburg. Now, he was suffering from severe migraine headaches at the time, and he had the best professors in the world at his disposal. If you wanted a superior medical education, you went to Germany at that time. From anywhere in the world, you went to Germany, you know, just like they go to the States today, for example, for, you know, superior medical education for, you know, whatever that's worth, right? (laughs) But, you know, but um, so he had the best professors at his disposal, but they couldn't help him. So he set out to cure himself of his severe migraine headaches. And so he changed his diet. He cut out all the salt, the fat, the processed food, the alcohol, which was standard of a German diet at that time. And obviously the standard world diet we have today. I mean, today it's even worse, right? And he ends up curing himself of his migraine headaches. Well, he graduates from school, opens up practice in Bielefeld, Germany, and starts using his migraine diet on all of his patients, when one comes back completely cured of their tuberculosis. Now, this is at a time when tuberculosis was killing over a million people in Europe. And so a very famous doctor named Ferdinand Zauerbrook, who was Europe's leading thoracic surgeon, he heard that this guy named Dr. Gerson was reversing advanced tuberculosis. Well, Ferdinand Zauerbrook would be the guy who was doing all the surgeries on TB patients getting rid of their their lung tubercles from tuberculosis. Well, he approached Dr. Gerson and asked him to embark on a study of 460 tuberculosis, terminal tuberculosis patients. And he said, if you can cure but one of these patients, I'll believe everything you have to say. Well, Gerson ended up curing 450 out of the 460 tuberculosis patients wow. in fact it was albert schweitzer's wife who had terminal tuberculosis she had six months to live dr gerson completely cured her of her tuberculosis so he'd become renowned for having cured tuberculosis then when hitler came to power gerson as a german jew had to flee Fran- uh, had to flee for france he lost his entire family in the Holocaust, Dr. Gerson did his entire family. And he narrowly escaped um, his life in the Holocaust. He escaped to France. And then when Germany invaded France, Gerson escaped to Manhattan and set set up practice in Manhattan. And that's when he discovered he could cure cancer. Because a woman, apparently, I think she may have been from New Jersey, I don't remember exactly. But She heard that Dr. Gerson was in town and practicing, and she had terminal cancer of the liver, stomach, and gallbladder, all three. Now, Gerson never treated cancer to this point, but she approached Dr. Gerson begging him for his TB protocol, and he refused. He refused to give it to her. Why? Because even back at that time, back in the mid-30s, To treat cancer, even in the United States, with nutrition and natural treatments, would have caused incredible professional and political implications to the point where he would be ostracized, potentially lose his license, whatever. So he refused. But this woman kept coming back over and over and over again until he got so tired of her, he said, fine, I will treat you in secret. And so he ends up giving her her his tuberculosis treatment and completely cures her of her advanced terminal cancers, all three of them. It was at that point where Dr. Gerson said, I can no longer turn my face away from this deadly scourge of cancer. And from that point on, he dedicated the rest of his life to treating advanced cancer regardless of the political and professional consequences that he would go on to suffer as a result of that. Meaning, he was one of the most published doctors in in medicine at that time around the world. Once it was discovered that he was reversing advanced cancer, he was prohibited from publishing in all major medical journals. He was prohibited from his membership at the New York State Medical Society. And if I'm not mistaken, he may have even lost his medical license at one point. So these are the things that Gerson suffered at the hands of being able to reverse not just cancer, but virtually every single degenerative disease.
0: I mean, it's so sad and that's still going on today.
1: Yeah, he's censored to this day. I mean, there have been times in, in modern history where Gerson's name would have been out on, a, on an international scale. For example, Prince Charles of Wales. He's one of our greatest advocates. We've cured two of his, two of his friends of, of advanced cancer. One of them, Beata Bishop, a former BBC reporter who wrote a book called "A Time to Heal. And that book chronicles her healing on the Gerson therapy.
0: Yeah, I met Beata in London. Um, at a conference and she was absolutely fantastic. She just- Yeah, she's
1: sprite, she sprite as hell for nine years old, no?
0: <laughs> I mean, that was probably about 10 years ago. And even then hmm. she was just like, wow, because she just got up and told the truth. This is what I did, you know? And it was like, so matter of fact from somebody that age. And at that at that time, I can't remember, but she was decades beyond her terminal diagnosis. Yeah. So, so we know, you know, when I did my um, nutrition course, that was the first time, I reckon that was probably 12, 15 years ago, something like that. It was the first time that I came across the, the, the Gerson therapy. And again, the idea that, that, that stage four allegedly terminal cancer could be changed by food and the, and the Gerson protocol. And I remember asking the, the tutor, I said, are you saying you can heal cancer? and she said well we're not allowed to say we can heal cancer you know because of the 19 canteen cancer act and I said well let me rephrase it if I came to you with a cancer diagnosis would you send me back to the doctor and she said absolutely not and I was like right I need to be that confident and that I suppose led me to you know do a lot lot more research um, and now I think with the I mean, they're worried about the COVID pandemic, the cancer and the breast cancer and the prostate cancer pandemic is far, far more concerning to me than any cold or flu. Um, so I think now, and we're still in the same situation in the UK, completely in a stranglehold by big pharma. Um, and you're not allowed to say to people that there are other ways to do it. And even if you do say, they don't believe, you know, because one of my friends, they said, well, if you could heal cancer with food, they would tell you about it. And again, that's the kind of that's a kind of normal thing to think. And unless you've been down the rabbit hole, that obviously mm. you and I and so many other people um, like us have been down. So mm. the one thing that I find, because obviously I always lead people to, there's a really good support group, Gerson Group, and on Facebook. Um, and which, I always, by the
1: way, which by the way, that group refuses to post anything about me. Why? Yeah, because, so that's Kathleen Blake. Yes. Kathleen Blake is a Gerson Institute crony. And so I left the Institute a short while ago to advance Dr. Gerson's work. And so anything that I do regarding the Gerson therapy, if anybody that's been at my clinic or that's heard me speak goes on and posts something good about me, she will not post it because she's the administrator and the moderator. That's and so, yeah, it's, it's such a shame. But I want people to make, be aware of that group because That's Kathleen Blank needs to be called out on, on that. So anyway. Yeah, because we
0: should be sharing all this information. Exactly. And as you said, I know when we, we discussed all the different things that you bring in at your clinic, which I've still to visit, um, you know, obviously times move on, things improve. We can make things... That's right. We need to be always, always, but that is kind of like the religion, isn't it? It's like the it way no, it is, and we don't change it. And the state it is cool, and that's a that's a huge problem. And also, yeah. within these communities where people are doing so much good for humanity, you still get this crazy ownership of things. It's like, whoa, guys! It is. It's
1: dogma. It's just yes. dogma. It really that's does. what it comes down to. And so, yeah, that 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 Facebook group. I am prohibited from being mentioned on that Facebook group and it's it's criminal. It's criminal.
0: I'm really glad you pointed that out to me actually. Yeah I'm sorry yeah. Um, Do you have a, a Facebook group? Do you is there a community around?
1: Well I just have our Facebook page right the Advanced Person Therapy that's what our clinic's called and that's the name of our Facebook page the the advanced Gerson therapy so no I don't have my own Facebook page I probably should start one you know but, that group, um, I because
0: my friend and I were doing Gerson very very strict for about six months and because uh, I wanted to see how I felt on it and I had a bit of degeneration going on because 61 that's and when you've parted your body as hard as I've parted mine it was starting to creak and squeak a little bit. So I thought, right, (laughs) let me me get some regeneration going here. So, and I also wanted to genuinely see how it is at home, living with the, you know, the the restrictions, let's say, um, which I didn't perceive it like that, but I know a lot of people do. So this is something that I really want to ask you, which is, what is so difficult about eating fruit and veg for a couple of years
1: in order to get well.
0: <laughs> Why well, do you find that so challenging?
1: Look, you know, when Gerson was alive, that generation, in those generations, two to three generations of his you know, existence, um, they, it was a completely different culture, a completely different mindset. People were more disciplined people had a greater sense of community and obligation to each other and obligation to oneself, obligation to God. And so back then, Gerson's ability to get people to comply was quite easy compared to today. Today, we live in such a selfish, immediate gratification society where food is the center of that which happens to be emotional, social, you know, and today people have absolutely zero discipline and an ability to focus on what lies ahead of them in order to even save their lives. It's To me, it's frightening to watch because I have to deal with it. You know, if if I have 100 people come to my clinic, if 20, actually have the wherewithal to do it. And you know, back then, not or today, it's not just the discipline. People've been dumbed down. And it doesn't matter how many times you tell them something, they just don't get it. And so back then, you know, people weren't stupid. They had a general sense of, you know, right from wrong and yeah this makes sense today forget it so compliance is a huge problem and without compliance there's no results right
0: exactly so and that's the you know I was I think about this almost daily because it fascinates me always has done even when I was a fitness instructor when I was younger why some people just naturally are motivated and others you know come and go etc but and a lot of people probably even watching this would think well if I was dying I would do it but that's we know that's not the case
1: that's true even if they're dying
0: and you know the community that you so kindly came and taught at that we ran at Bar Moloch a couple of years ago that was my thing was that if you know if healthy nutritious and delicious food is put down in front of you most people are happy to eat it but what happened in the community, of course, is they were all cheating and trying to get away and buy crap as well. So even in the community setting of laying it all on, people still wanted to cheat. And you're like, what is that about? Why would you not want to be well? Why would you not be excited about the potential of being, you know, vital mm-hmm. and alive and curious and be clear and, you know, no brain fog, all of that stuff. And, you know, but when people are down, as you say, dumbed down and, and, not mean that in an unkind way but there's a kind of fog over people where they just don't seem to be able to muster the energy and I think there's a myriad of reasons for that but with, let's just talk about one which is the soil and the the nutritional content of the food that we get now you know I had a client the other day called me and and I, you know I said what, what what kind of food do you have access to because I thought am I even going to be able to help her set up A good Gershon protocol um with where she lives you know and what's available right there I mean it's shocking in a land that's so sparsely populated that we do not have incredible food but I think that's the situation in a lot of places now
1: yeah well not just that but even now with the COVID pandemic the the supply chains it's only going to get worse no it's it's dismal the outlook's dismal and, and of course, the objective here going on with the pandemic is to kill people. And how do you kill people? Well, first of all, their food supply, right? And and not just the literal supply, but the quality of food supply, right? And yeah, look, anybody who can walk around with a smile on their face today in the midst of these realities, I mean, they're just, you know, ignorance is bliss, right? It truly is, it truly yeah. is.
0: And I think, you know, the food chain, I always say this to people if these supermarket lorries stop coming in, how disabled are you that you're not, you cannot grow your own food? You don't know how to, you don't have any land because it's all manicured into a wee lawn. You know, it's like, how, why on earth did we let ourselves get into this position where we are actually held hostage by people who are clearly corrupt? I mean, it's actually, you know, I have to laugh sometimes because I'm like, oh my God. I can't yeah.
1: where we're at. And I, that's, that's how they're going to control us is, you know, oh, you don't have, you, you want food? Are you vaccinated? Oh, you're not? Oh, go get your vaccine, come back, and we'll give you food. I know. It's, that's it's, coming. That's coming.
0: <gasps> oh, I can't even bear to think about it. Well, we're no. so, I was up seeing Stuart and Helen today, and I was on the phone oh. for Mike yesterday as well. So we're talking about just getting as much food growing as we possibly can, um, because, I mean, apart from the fact, what we set up a cafe at the farm um, to really, um, and we wrote a book, I don't know if I told you about that, we wrote a book called Scotland's Wild Medicine. I'll just okay. put a plug on here. Wow. My friend's a medical herbalist, so she treats people with plants and, you know, herbs. Um, and there's a bit about the, you know, the kind of Mother Nature side of it and the five elements. And we we opened a cafe, so all the food, you know, uh, in season is grown on the farm, and people just love it. You know, that it's um, it's healing, and even community eating and seeing us getting it out of the garden and just preparing it, you know, it is just it's been a huge success. And there's all and there's a huge interest in good food, but really. We need to stop looking at the government. The government's not going to fix this. I keep saying that. There's nobody coming and a white horse to save us. We, the people, need to make the changes, get back into our communities, grow the food, support each other. I mean, with the compliance, which is something, obviously, that, you know, does the Gerson therapy work? 100%. We know that. There's tens of thousands of documented cases. It's not up for debate. It works. If you do it for long enough because that's the other thing, isn't it? Um, People want to be better in the five day detox. And I think that was the big thing that I really started to understand was if you are regenerating your entire ecosystem, if it was the barrier reef or a forest, a jungle, you're not expecting it to be fully, you know, um, back into symbiosis in five days, you know, it would take time. And I think that was the other big thing that really sunk in at last, is that the two years plus, really you have to have that commitment from the very start, or there's no point in kidding on and playing at it and then saying it didn't work. That must infuriate you, does it not?
1: Yeah, because when people leave our clinic, they're telling everybody they're doing the Gerson therapy, right? And they're not. Yes. And so what does that do for the Gerson therapy's reputation? I mean, it's ludicrous. And, and thank God we have the movies on our work, right? Those are You know, I mean, that's pretty indisputable when you see people giving their testimonials with their before and after records, Uh, you know, so thank God we have that because if we rely just on, you know, word of mouth and people saying they did it and I mean, you know, there'd be half the interest that there is so uh, but yeah, it's a big problem.
0: but there's definitely a huge move and a much more interest and intrigue in it and maybe that's because people more and more people are getting told there's nothing we can do which in actual fact is forcing people to look you know somewhere else and certainly in that group much as you know I don't agree with the fact that that they don't um, honour your work in it, it it's growing every single when there's hundreds of people coming into it which is suggesting to me that you know people are certainly looking and I think that's what mostly what people will do at first is they'll look and they'll start doing a bit of research they'll see the testimonies before they eventually pluck up the courage to um to make the changes themselves but I know that at your place you have you go with a you come with a friend and I think that's really important as well isn't it because as you said I don't know whether and I've thought about this a lot why are people not taking in the information often I wonder is it because of chemo or is it just the fear, the level of fear that people are in, and you know, they're—I mean, a lot of my clients, young women with young kids—they are—they just want to fix it, but they—they're so overwhelmed by—and I totally—I can't even imagine trying to raise children and having all that going on as well. It must be so challenging, you know. So having somebody there, I've even been thinking about having the whole family and the whole support network so that the people that on the outside can fully understand the treatment too, rather than what can happen is like, oh, you need to take the chemo, you need to take the radiation. Some people really find their families pressing them into treatments that they don't want.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I don't know what drives people to not be able to absorb and, you know, take on the information, but yeah, I mean, fear is certainly a factor, right? but again, I think it just goes back to the culture we live in today. You know, we're bombarded with so much information, and and you know where to where to rein in and narrow the truth and the lies are. You know, I think people do get so overwhelmed with all the information, and you know half of it's true. There's even you know even in the natural health industry. Look where the dead are and where the where the dying are. The vultures gather you know? And so even, even in our industry, there's people out there trying to make a buck, saying, you know, you need to do this for cancer, take this for cancer. There's just so much information out there and, and common sense, you know, I mean, Hippocrates, what did he say? Let food be your medicine and let medicine be your food. I mean, that's just common sense. And that's probably why, you know, that's probably why Gerson makes sense to the amount of people that it, it does, you know? Um, but a lot of people have lost that common sense just because of the programming of medicine. And like I said, these other factors of, of all the information that's out there.
0: So let's, um, let's talk about your clinic and a day there. So if somebody was diagnosed and c- came out to you with their significant other or somebody who could support them so that, cause I think it's really important to have somebody else that understands what you're doing and why you're doing it so that they're not, kind of cajoling you just you know a wee bit won't harm you or just you know you really have to stick to it I mean it's a very very exact science with the supplements with the timing you know I say that to people it's the 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 juice is your chemotherapy that's your you know you're flooding the body you're flushing it out on an hour to hour basis you know the enzymes and the niacin all these things that are coming in the sodium uh, potassium um balance you know all of that it's, it is genius, but you have to follow it and you can't, you know, to get, to expect to get the result. And I think Charlotte said that as well. She said, you know, people want to pick and choose, I'll take a bit of it, I can do that bit. And, and you know, some yeah. people get a result not following it to a T and we don't really know why that is. But the thing is, if you've been diagnosed with terminal cancer, why would you take, just do it the way you're told? <laughs> Yeah. because it's been so carefully followed and measured and what foods, you know, increase tumor size and what foods decrease it and wash them out. I mean, it's, you know, why would you want to change it? Why is it like, I had a, a client yesterday said to me, could I do one day on and one day off?
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Right? But that, think- that person, that person I'd say, yeah go ahead sweetie go ahead just do one day on one day off (laughs) what do you do with that
0: I know it's and it's just the again you know is it not is it that an understanding of what the body is how the organ systems work you know is it an education thing or is it an apathy apathetic um thing we don't know but anyway move on from that anyway because we understand that there's something that works and it just seems to be You know quite difficult to get people to do it for whatever reason but let's talk about your beautiful place
1: yeah the
0: ocean with the blue green water and the sun
1: (laughs) (laughs) well hold on so we moved in September oh did you so so we're not on the 21st floor of the high-rise overlooking the ocean anymore
0: oh where are you
1: Uh, yeah we're now we're just off the ocean uh about four miles north closer to the border And uh, we're in a we're in a six bedroom uh, mansion. And, and then we're going to be expanding to 10 rooms with the house next door. Um, You know, so we're, we've moved since then. I mean, look, we're still near the ocean, but and you still get the ocean view and the ocean breeze and the smells and you know, but uh, no, we're not, we're not looking right on top of the ocean anymore.
0: But, Uh, um, but yeah, yeah, so, t- so talk us through a day, a day there. What would happen if somebody comes out? Would you recommend two weeks, one week, two weeks to really?
1: Yeah, so um, uh, we require a, a, mac- a minimum two weeks stay. Okay. It, it literally takes that long to learn how to do this therapy specifically, yeah. right? And so um, we require minimum. Most will stay for three weeks if they can afford it and they have the logistical time to, you know, to do it. Uh, but we only require a minimum two week stay. So, yeah, that's, and for international, I highly recommend three weeks because of the travel, you know? Yeah. So, three weeks pretty much for an international patient coming, which we have somebody from the UK right now. Um, yeah, we have somebody there from the, and someone just left from the UK. So, uh, you know, UK is there still, you know, you're still able to get in and out, though they're flying in from Mexico. They're flying into Mexico. Rather than San Diego coming from the UK.
0: Cool. So tell us, talk us through a a, a day in the life of the clinic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if you're a patient at our clinic, um, you know, you wake up at six in the morning and you have to do the coffee enema. It's the first thing you do. You take some supplements to prepare your stomach for for breakfast. So you're going to take some enzymes, you're also going to take some probiotics. you know, because we need to start reestablishing the proper gut flora, right? Uh, So that's at six o'clock, eight o'clock breakfast. Breakfast every morning is oatmeal with some dried fruit cooked in and an orange juice. They can have some flax oil. They can have a little bit of a natural sweetener, no more than two to three teaspoons maximum per day. Uh, And that's breakfast. And then at nine o'clock, The juice regimen starts. You start getting a juice every hour on the hour. In the first two hours, you actually get uh, juices every half hour. So by the end of the day, from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., you're gonna get 13 juices a day if you're a cancer patient, every hour on the hour, and they need to be drunk immediately so that you can absorb the nutrients with the enzymes because the enzymes die off in a matter of 20 to 30 minutes, right? So they need to be, they need to be taken in immediately. Um, during the day, you're getting enemas every three to four hours. So your day will consist of four to five enemas per day. And then like you said, you're getting very specific supplements throughout the day and they're highly, highly specific. And then you're getting the advanced therapies that we've integrated into the clinic, right? Some of those advanced therapies are uh, amazing stuff. Like we're getting, each of our patients is getting an ounce of pure, unadulterated, organic aloe vera shipped to us from the Dominican Republic. Two days after it's harvested, it's frozen and it's sent to us two-day shipping. Now, it's important for the listener to understand, you never buy aloe vera on the shelf, ever. And the reason why is because it's deodorized, decolorized, and preservatives have been added. Five days after you've, you know, after you've harvested aloe, it goes bad. It starts to ferment because it's a live living product and that's where its healing properties are. So our patients are getting uh, one ounce of pure, unadulterated, fresh aloe vera every single day. And they're also getting raw living spirulina in their juices, right? Raw living spirulina, revolutionary. And there's only one guy doing it in Florida who has paved the way for spirulina production. The spirulina we have today in powders, tablets, it's dead. It's been freeze dried, it's been dehydrated, it's been encapsulated. All of these processes obviously kill it. Well, spirulina is a bacteria and that's why it stinks and tastes so bad, because it's dead. Well, this guy's producing raw, alive, living spirulina, which, if you put it under a microscope, you can literally see it swimming around. And this is just revolutionary. So, our patients are getting this in their juices as well. And the studies on spirulina and health, particularly as it relates to cancer, is, you know, as high as the ceiling. So, they're getting that in terms of extra treatment regarding food, right? Then in 1931, Otto Warburg won the Nobel Prize in Medicine for proving cancer can't survive in a body where the cells are properly oxygenated. Well, he went on to describe that the primary factor in the body's ability to oxygenate cells is what? An alkaline diet. So everything the Gerson therapy is, is establishing that alkalinity to restore the body's ability to oxygenate cells. So on top of that, now that we've prepared the body for that, we're giving them hyperbaric oxygen. We're giving them ultraviolet blood irradiation with ozone. We're giving them pulse electromagnetic frequency, which they say Oxygenates tissues 30% greater than a chamber. So we've integrated these things as well to enhance, you know, the, the foundations of the therapy. We're also doing dendritic cell therapy. Your dendritic cells, yes, they're like generals in your body. They go around seeking out a threat to the system, then they present that threat to the immune system. And the immune system rallies the response. So with dendritic cells, your own dendritic cells are being exponentially multiplied over a three to four day period and reintroduced into your body in exponentially greater numbers, making the immune system that much more sensitive. We're also doing GCMAF. Wow. So yeah, so GCMAF is renowned for being able to bring children out of autism, right? Yeah. yeah, which by the way, the Gerson therapy alone has brought catatonic autistic people out of their autism, right? But we're doing GCMAF not for that purpose, we're doing it for cancer, why? Well, the MAF stands for macrophage activating factor. Macro means big, phage means eat, and so, macrophages are the big cells that eat and digest viruses, cancer cells, and bacteria. Well, the body naturally produces GCMAF, but cancer has the ability to send out cell signals that shut down the body's ability to produce its own GCMAF. So by injecting GCMAF in the body, you can enhance the production and reproduce the production of um, macrophages. So we're giving GCMAF, which is out of Bulgaria, you know, so you can get that in the UK from Bulgaria. So we're doing that as well. Um, like I said, we're doing ultraviolet blood irradiation with ozone. Uh, we're doing leatril. So our patients are getting leatril, which is from vitamin B17. The studies on that and its ability to destroy cancer are decades old. So these are the things that we're doing. And we're also doing the Bob Beck protocol, which is some electric, electric therapy, introducing an electric pulse into the body. We're doing near infrared, specifically near infrared. Why? Not far, not mid, but near. Why? There's a book. It's called The Medicine of Light. It's written by Nathaniel Mead. The science coming out now is clear. When you bombard the body with chlorophyll, which obviously, where do you get that from? Your green juices. Spirulina's loaded with chlorophyll. And then you hit the body with near-infrared light specifically. It's causing immediate cancer cell death that's the science. And so these are the things that we've integrated on top of Gerson's original protocols. Now, anyone who knew Dr. Gerson, he was the consummate scientist. He was constantly trying to perfect his therapy based on what was coming out in the scientific literature. He's been dead 60 years. Even he said There's gonna come a point where my treatment, the way it is now, will not get the same results as it's getting when he was alive because he saw the gradual degradation of society and the general constitution of each generation going forward. So today, and he's right, it's so much harder today to cure people because they're constitutionally weaker than the generation before them, because of all the things we've been exposed to. So Gerson himself, before he died, theorized the direction he wanted to take the therapy, but he never got the chances because he died. And this is where the biggest tragedy with Charlotte Gerson in the Institute occurred. She never, she absolutely refused to change her father's therapy from the day he died in 1959. And I have my understanding why she may have done that because she had such a deep psychological attachment to her father. You know, when Charlotte died, she was the longest living Gerson survivor up to her death. Really? Yeah, her father cured her of advanced tuberculosis. When, when she was 12 years old. And so I think that psychological connection prohibited her from moving forward, yeah. not just personally, but with the therapy. And this is where my, you know, rift, so to speak, is with the Institute and that Facebook group, which is Institute-backed, right? And yeah. so not that I
0: looking at all the new stuff exactly the way Max Gerson would have done and embracing the things that work and have gone. Yeah, which is, yeah, that's
1: right. And so I don't have a problem with the Institute. I don't have a rift with the Institute, but they refuse to acknowledge what I'm doing with Dr. Gerson's therapy, which we call the advanced Gerson therapy. So that's what you get when you come to our clinic
0: amazing absolutely amazing and as I keep saying please come and open one in Scotland for <laughs> what
1: are the chances of that right now oh, I know I know Or oh, even in the future
0: talk. I know I know well let's see let's see I'm ever hopeful so the the other thing I mean I could keep you on here all night but like before we finish we were talking specifically about you know sort of terminal cancer or allegedly terminal cancer but I know that the Gershon therapy heals lots of other pretty much any degenerative disease again it's people are getting told things are incurable when they're categorically not and you know it, that really just me you know because it, it kind of takes your hope away it makes you feel a bit powerless and then you start looking and even getting to 61 you know you're you're just looking down this slippery slope and thinking I'm like I, my body doesn't need to deteriorate like that I can change that I know that Old age is a is just a another ease as well, you know. Mm-hmm. You become you you're not as mobile. You are maybe you know on your, on your own maybe not paying as much attention to your diet. You buy into the story that the aches or ache or pain is just wear and tear, um. You know. So tell us about what who else comes? What else do you have good success with?
1: Virtually everything. You know, I mean. Nobel Peace Prize winner Albert Schweitzer, eight years before he won the Nobel Prize, was cured of severely advanced diabetes in six weeks. I mean, seriously advanced diabetes, six weeks, piece of cake, high blood pressure, piece of cake. Two weeks at our clinic, we have people off their high blood pressure medications. Uh, If you're scheduled for a triple quadruple bypass surgery, in four weeks, we're canceling your surgery. I mean, think about the money involved in medicine that that would destroy just those alone, but we're reversing for, ver- go ahead.
0: Take two diabetes, which is another plague.
1: Yeah, it's a pandemic, right? So to speak, right? Yeah. It's all, all these diseases are becoming pandemic for, you know, lack of a better word, but, um, you know, so. The only diseases where we don't have great success, or if any, are your central nervous system diseases like Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, right? Uh, Parkinson's. Now we can stop the progress, but we can't reverse any damaged central nervous system tissue as of yet, you know? So those are the things we can't cure. We don't do good with leukemia, like acute leukemia. which isn't cancer, by the way. It's a misnomer. Those are blood disorders. Acute leukemia, chronic leukemia, multiple myeloma, those aren't really cancers. They're actually blood disorders. And then Gerson doesn't do great with blood disorders, but with our advanced protocols and stuff, I wouldn't treat acute leukemia. It's too, it's too dangerous and we just wouldn't get the upper hand. But chronic leukemia we seem to have decent success with i think with multiple myeloma i think we could have some great success with it um but historically the straight gerson therapy hasn't uh, but those are the only things every other disease we've successfully treated
0: i know well i heard the, the same um conference that i met beata i met brian clements from Hippocrates. And he actually said, there is no disease that has a name that I have not seen healed. Um, And then people started shouting out all the diseases that they believed were incurable. And he just kind of gave a rundown. It was phenomenal to see and hear. And as I say, that's 10 years ago and we're still functioning from this outdated paradigm that the body is powerless and it goes one way and you can't take it back. I mean, I've just, you know, because obviously I'd study nothing else I find it incredible that people still don't know um, that it's possible. And also, I also think the other thing is, that, is the support network. I think the more people that are doing it and the more people that know about it, then people can really support, you know, and um, I don't know if you've read Kelly Turner's radical book, Radical Remissions. She put together the nine things that um, all the people who defied the odds had done in a PhD that took her 10 years from traveling and interviewing people. And one of the, the ones was a, a strong social support network and
1: a, Absolutely.
0: a strong desire to be here. Um,
1: yeah, and, and that that's great because that goes back to what we, the premise of what we discussed earlier about the generations when Gerson was alive. Yes. They had exactly that. Resilience and so th- Yeah. And that well the, the social network, the yes. desire and the the desire and the will to live. That's another thing that's been lost. So yeah, that's great. No, I haven't read her book, but I do know about it.
0: You mentioned as well, you know, connection to God, which is a fun, a lot of people don't like that, that the word God, whatever we perceive to be the higher power, because that's another thing that's in the nine steps is um, that they believed in something higher than themselves. And I think I heard um, one of the Eastern gurus talking about that, how in the West, we've been so crippled by fear during this pandemic because we have no faith you know we have no we have no faith in the body we have no faith in each other because everywhere you turn you don't know who to believe what's true what's not true is it another snake oil salesman trying to blow sunshine up your ass you know I mean (laughs) it's a crazy world that we live in because but the thing is with um with Gerson you know I keep saying what's so challenging about eating fruit and veg what is why would you think that's a a difficult thing to do to get your life and your health back. But you know, Carlin Mace, who read, Psychic Intuitive, read for 10,000 people. And out of 10,000, guess how many people said, is that all I've got to do to get my life back? Guess how many out of 10,000?
1: How many? One. Well, what did I tell you?
0: All the rest. out of
1: 100, if out of 100, if 20 people, did it at my clinic I'd be I'd probably be lying yeah no that's what we're down to you know Uh but uh but you know it's not just fruits and vegetables Lilia um you know when people ask why is the Gerson therapy so successful I mean I can go into the cellular science as why it's so successful but the reality is it's because it's the most difficult there are yeah I mean let's face it you know the reason why it's so successful is not just the cellular science, but because it is the most difficult. And so when you're sitting there having to pound out a juice every hour on the hour, which is what it takes to heal, and you have to do that for a year to two years,
0: yes.
1: a lot of people just don't have that desire or interest or, or, or discipline, right? So there's no shortcuts to healing. Don't think you're gonna be hooked up to an IV or you're gonna be able to overdose on some magic bullet supplement and you're gonna be healed. Those stories are virtually nil. It is a lot of work to heal from a terminal disease. And so that's, you know, it is fruits and vegetables but it's the quantity as well.
0: Uh, yes, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, do you know the thing that I found hardest was no salt.
1: Oh yeah, primary yes. cause of all disease.
0: I didn't even realise that I was addicted to salt, but he, but now ah. now I've completely my taste buds have completely changed. Good but for the you. I think that's really important to say is that you're not you're never hungry because you can eat food. It's just that you have to eat certain foods, the the, the food that the body recognises and knows what to do with. So yes. I think. A lot of people think they're going to be starving, but you're not at all. And I had no cravings at all. Um, and, and and once I got into the routine, it was fine. I mean, I did not do the juices on the hour every hour um, because of I was going to work over stuff like that.
1: Well, you didn't have terminal cancer either.
0: No, well, this is the thing. And, you know, but I've, I've kind of played with that idea, thinking, you know, it's it's definitely good to go on it for a while and just give my body that good... Clean- yes. I mean, I'm still doing it a huge amount of juicing and i'm still doing all the supplements there's a gerson place i get them from in um, in the uk so i've you know i'm still keeping up a lot of protocols that will help me regenerate but yeah it's um it's just such a a fascinating and i think you're right if you look at all the potentially healing diets then gerson but what i like about it is as well it's black or white can you eat that no (laughs) can you Mm. eat that yes so, there's no gray area. It's, it's very, very strict. And then, if you yeah. get access to these other, what's your views on vitamin C? Uh,
1: have you heard my views on vitamin C? Sorry? Have you heard my views on oh, vitamin I C? Oh, <laughs> haven't. So, so t- we, stopped, we stopped doing IV vitamin C.
0: Oh, you stopped it.
1: Yeah. And the reason why is because the evidence that's coming out is clear that the long-term use of, of, of IV vitamin C or regular vitamin C in the form of ascorbic acid, it's breaking down the integrity of the arterial and venous system and the collagen integrity of the body, which makes complete sense. Why? Why would it be doing that? So when you do an IV vitamin C, you're typically doing 100,000 milligrams daily for seven days a week of pure ascorbic acid isolated in a laboratory from genetically modified corn starch, sulfuric acid, and acetone. That's how how it's derived. It's coming from cornstarch, sulfuric acid, and acetone and they're injecting that ascorbic acid into your veins. Now, ascorbic acid is not vitamin C. If you look at a vitamin C molecule, it has an outer ring of ascorbic acid, but the entire rest of the internal core is made up of vitamins, minerals, cofactors, bioflavonoids, right? That's what makes up vitamin C. So ascorbic acid is not vitamin C. So when you're injecting 100,000 milligrams daily, what do you think the body's doing? Immediately, it's gonna pee out 95%. What's it gonna do with the other 5%? It now has to package the deer. Just like when you eat white sugar, white rice, white flour that have had the nutrients stripped out of it, right? Your body required those nutrients to utilize it. So, where did it get those nutrients? From your bone and your bone marrow, which is your immune system's reserve tank. If I'm a chiropractor. If I x ray anybody today, 60, 65 years old, they're all osteoporotic, all osteoporosis. Why? Because they've eroded their bone and their bone marrow from the overconsumption of these processed foods. So vitamin C is the same, ascorbic acid. Now the body's got to package the deal. It has to create something it can utilize and recognize. So where is it gonna go to rob those resources to make a vitamin C molecule that it can utilize? Well, where is vitamin C located? In our collagen and our connective tissue of which the arteries and the venous system is that. That's where the, the collagen is made up with hydroxyapatite and vitamin C. So you're depleting your true vitamin C status and the integrity of your collagen connective tissue when you do high-dose vitamin C for long-term periods. So we don't do it anymore. We now give an oral form that comes from a completely organic camu camu fruit, omla berry, and unripe acerola cherry. That's what we're doing. And we're giving it in somewhat high doses, not 100,000 milligrams, obviously. But we're probably giving three to 4,000 milligrams a day. And then they're getting all the vitamin C and the rest of their fruits and vegetables, right? 100% utilisable bioavailable vitamin c
0: yeah right well that's really good to know actually because somebody was asking me about that about going to a clinic in glasgow to get it so um, I, I wasn't aware of that latest research so and this is the thing things change um, and that's what's great to speak to people like yourself who are actually working on a day-to-day basis with people seeing the bodies seeing what's working seeing what's not working and and coming up with the best possible protocols because that's really what we all need, isn't it? Is that no. there's just a shortcut. So if anybody watching this, because um, t- tell me like, so how advanced, I know that you have got a criteria of sorts, how advanced can you be um, and still come together? And so what's the criteria for? Um,
1: the criteria is simple. <laughs> you need to be able to eat, you need to be able to drink and you need to be able to eliminate without any major hindrances. Uh If you can't do those three things, we can't heal you. Uh If we can't heal you, there's no sense in in accepting you to our clinic. I turn countless away every week because they just aren't in that position. Uh So that's it. And do you find people leave it too late?
0: They kind of wait and wait and wait, thinking a miracle might happen and then sort of panic
1: towards the end? Um they wait they wait too long some of them and receive no treatment. But I'd have to say at least 50% of my patients have already run the medical gamut. They've had it all. Sometimes two or three times. And then they come to me. I mean what do you you can't do anything with that? Because the conventional therapies have destroyed their immune systems. You know, so if someone's had chemo and radiation once we can probably heal them um still right if they've had it twice probably not um but a possibility right Uh and if they've had it three there is no third time i mean there's just typically they're even in conventional medicine there's not a third time they won't do it a third time but yeah
0: yeah well sometimes they do (laughs) i've seen it in malta where they suggest it a third time it's crazy Um, well listen thank you so much and if people want to I know that you don't do kind of one-to-ones because I think you know the reality is some people cannot get to Mexico for whatever reason whether it's financial whether you've got young children etc what do you recommend then what's the best way do you have practitioners that they can speak to or that you could recommend um, I mean, I know that the, the, the Gerson book is fantastic and there's lots of yeah. stuff on YouTube that you can watch, your stuff as well, yeah. Charlotte. So you can really, you can do it at home, but it's just that element of safety to have somebody because, it, you know, some people don't understand the detox responses and they think there's something major going wrong and you're just like, you're detoxing and that can be uncomfortable, can't it? And yeah. people think they're getting worse, but sometimes, yeah. you know, you have to go through that in order to get to the
1: other side. Yeah. Um, You know, for people who can't come to our clinic, uh, you know, Charlotte's book, Healing the Gerson Way by Charlotte Gerson, she pretty much, you know, she wrote that right before she died with Beata, right? And and that pretty much lays out the general protocol in a readable manner. Dr. Gerson's book is a little bit too scientific and complicated to piece it all together. Um, But Charlotte's book does. Uh, we don't have practitioners that can, you know, reach out and help. Uh, the Institute actually does. So in those cases, I would probably defer to the Institute for their practitioner list um, or their Gerson helper list. But, um, you know, we have a clinic and I'm, I'm just 100% swamped and booked with, with that because I do all the intake, right? And I'm, and I'm traveling to the clinic and, and being at the clinic as well. So I just don't have the time.
0: And are you training anybody to kind of follow in your footsteps and help?
1: Well, you know, before the pandemic, we we were going to put together like training programs. Uh, But again, uh, the Institute does that. They have trainer programs. And so they're so well organized with that, Mm -hmm. that I would, again, you know, I would defer to that um, for for training. If somebody
0: was, you know, intrigued and advanced and the things that you've brought in based on what you've seen. You know, um, who would you accept? Who would you accept to come and learn from you?
1: What's that? I'm sorry?
0: If somebody was interested in actually coming and learning from you and all the things, the advanced things that you've brought in, um, would you accept anybody to come and learn from you?
1: Oh, yeah, I have an open door for any practitioners, like nurses, doctors. They have an open door to come and spend time learning at our facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had an 11-bed facility before. Yes. The one that you mentioned, right? So mm-hmm. I could easily accommodate. Now we're down to six for yes. the time being, right? We're down to six. Mm-hmm. So I don't have that flexibility, a, you know, unless we're not full, right? And so far we're full. Yes. Um, but they still can come down, get a place, and, and I'll, I'll teach them for free. I mean, you know. Uh, that's
0: incredible. So. Because I'm sure the way people interested to learn more about that you know i mean the nutrition is is really that we're not talking about food is mad we're we're, our poor food choices we're trying to treat them with drugs instead of treating them with good food it's crazy but anyway so i will put your website um, and facebook page on the the link to this and just thank you so much for your time because i know how busy you are and and you're hope you have a lovely time rest in the farm before you get back back to it because working with people that are sick you know you, you need to look after yourself as well and take a little rest
1: yeah and i've i've neglected that to be perfectly honest with you and so yeah. i'm paying the price
0: uh-huh. so but
1: now i've stepped back a little bit trying to trying to give myself some energy but
0: yeah. recharge your batteries yeah i think stuart mm-hmm. and helen were the same you know you're kind of giving out a lot and and I think, you know, we never know what's to come. So we need to be in full power, <laughs> Yeah. whatever's coming towards us. So, yeah. well, thank you so much. And it's lovely to see you. And I hope that you'll be back in
1: Scotland soon. I would love to, I really miss it. You know, yeah. um, my son just left for Bulgaria today and he actually arrived. Uh, um, right. Yeah, he, he, Americans are prohibited from, from going to Bulgaria. And it, yeah, no, they're, they're now prohibited because we're now been designated a red country uh, by, the, by Bulgaria. Uh, but he managed to get in with a, with a letter from the Ministry of Health. So uh, yeah, so I would love to, you know, I would love to come back, but well, let's, I do let's,
0: let's hope and we can um, do some more cool stuff and get the message out about the power of food as your medicine. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank Good you. Luck. Ciao. Ciao.